Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, April 2nd. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri will soon withhold $180 million from its budget to cope with the economic fallout of the coronavirus crisis. Governor Mike Parson says the state will have a shortfall of more than $500 million because of unanticipated pandemic spending. He says state officials are hoping to use $315 million from the federal government to deal with the gap. A group of activists in Missouri is demanding the governor and other officials act to suspend all mortgage and rent payments as the state deals with the outbreak. The activists are also calling for a moratorium on foreclosures, evictions, and utility shutoffs. They want more resources for people experiencing homelessness. Fort Leonard Wood has declared a public health emergency in response to the spread of coronavirus. That means commanders will have additional authority to enforce compliance with safety protocols. It applies to all soldiers and civilians on the base. Patients at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in O'Fallon, Illinois, with COVID-19 symptoms will now be screened in a tent rather than the emergency room. Emergency Department Manager Aaron Hazen says the measures should help, quote, further protect our community and colleagues. Major League Baseball has canceled games in London that were supposed to feature the Cardinals and Chicago Cubs. The decision is blamed on the global spread of coronavirus. The overseas games were slated for mid-June. Here are the numbers. There are roughly 1,600 positive results in Missouri out of more than 19,000 tests. State health officials are also reporting around 20 deaths. At least one of those is in St. Louis, where officials have started releasing coronavirus information by zip code. In Illinois, nearly 1,000 new COVID-19 cases have been reported, bringing the overall number to nearly 7,000. More than 40,000 people have been tested. There have been around 140 deaths in Illinois. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson will tell us how the Episcopal Diocese of Missouri is adjusting to the pandemic. As we mentioned, Missouri Governor Mike Parson has outlined budget cuts for several departments due to the coronavirus. St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports. Parson says the state is planning to withhold at least $180 million in planned spending because of the economic effects of COVID-19. He estimates between now and the end of the fiscal year on June 30th, there will be a $500 million hole in the state budget, and cutting back on spending is the only way to help balance it out. COVID-19 has had serious impacts on our anticipated economic growth, and now we are expecting significant revenue declines. Parson says he is hopeful there will be $315 million from the federal government to help fill the holes. The Department of Higher Education and Workforce Development is expected to see the biggest cut. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker says the state has too few health care workers as the system becomes stretched due to COVID-19. Sean Crawford reports. The governor indicated Illinois has received over 1,100 applications from both former workers looking to rejoin the fight and from out-of-state professionals who want to help here. Pritzker also reminded those already licensed in Illinois to sign up for an emergency alert system. So that in the event of an urgent need, such as those created by COVID-19, 
Our public health officials will be able to contact you immediately to ask that you volunteer your critical skills at that moment. The website to sign up is IllinoisHelps.net. The governor also says Illinois is exploring options to allow fourth-year medical students, as well as some nursing students, to battle the pandemic. I'm Sean Crawford. Hair and nail salons are a big part of the community for many St. Louis neighborhoods. Black-owned small businesses are among many in the service industry that have closed. Tendai Morris is a hairstylist and president of Healthy Hair Solutions. She is able to sell her natural hair care products to clients in order to get by and is working to help other stylists to do the same during the outbreak. Black hairstylists have not been really introduced properly to retailing to their clients. And I'm looking at that like now, wow, this is an amazing opportunity for me to show them how they can retail to their clients and not solely depend on head to head to head. Morris says it's important that hairstylists not work right now so they don't put anyone's health at risk. In other news, St. Louis residents will have a chance to radically change the way they elect a number of city leaders. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, supporters of Proposition D have more than enough signatures to place the measure on the ballot. Currently, there are partisan elections for the Board of Aldermen, its president, mayor, and comptroller. But because the city is so heavily Democratic, candidates can effectively win citywide office with much less than 50 percent of a primary vote. Proposition D would make those offices nonpartisan. Voters would be able to choose as many candidates as they wanted in the March primaries. The top two would advance to a runoff in April. Joan Hubbard is with the League of Women Voters of Missouri, which has endorsed Proposition D. We are supportive of any activity that we think will increase the opportunity and the desire for people to vote. Unless Alderman Act, the proposition will be on the November ballot, where it needs a simple majority to pass. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. The Episcopal Diocese of Missouri is ushering in a new bishop. Dion Johnson's transition into the role is historic. He will be the first openly gay bishop to head the Diocese of Missouri, and he's taking the helm in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Johnson spoke with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson about how the church is handling the outbreak. In the midst of all of this, the highest priority are the people in our communities, making sure that they stay safe. So one of the things that has come out of the bishop's office here in the Diocese of Missouri is that we have closed all public worship until the end of May, at which point we'll reevaluate. But we really wanted to make sure that you know, those vulnerable populations, our, our neighbors in Christ were not going to be impacted directly by actions of either clergy or, you know, just going to church or getting together. What has the response been to all of that? Well, what it's done is allowed us to be a very creative in how we continue to connect. We've made a point to not say socially distancing, but to say physical distancing, because I think we're more socially connected now more than ever. So how do you expect or hope to lead the diocese in the midst of everything? I mean, it's a, it's a serious transition, and now it's kind of a time where leadership is more important than ever. Well, one of the things that I've been doing is I've been offering a daily prayer each morning, just to kind of give us a way to begin a new day. 
We've also shot a couple videos that will be going out on the Diocesan Facebook page and on our YouTube channel and other media so that people can stay connected. I mean, we're living into something that, A, nobody could predict, and B, none of us have, you know, a clear path to what the end of this looks like. So what led to your call to priesthood? I'm originally from Barbados, and so growing up in Barbados, one of the things that we have to do in preparation for confirmation, and confirmation is kind of reaffirming the vows that your godparents took for you at baptism. So part of our preparation in Barbados for confirmation is that we have to look at all the different ministries in the church. And so I spent time with the choir, with the people who prepared the space for worship, with the musicians, so all those people, so all the different ministries that were happening. And so one of those ministries is to spend some time with the priest. And I was that impetuous child at 11 who looked at the priest and said, I want your job. Um, And so that was kind of the beginning of my process of realizing that I was called to something. So you're a black man. You're an openly gay and married black man with two kids. And as you mentioned, you're originally from Barbados. Why is it important in this day and age for people to see an openly gay person of color who's also an immigrant in such a high leadership role in the church like this? I think that we all need those people in our lives that become icons. This is nothing that I ever thought that I would be doing. But no, again, God sometimes has to send a two-by-four. And so for me, it was, it was pretty clear that this community was calling me to this. And I think considering the times that we're living in, having positive role models and positive icons out there, especially blending faith and sexuality, to me, is important. I mean, I grew up in a culture where everybody looked like me. So the doctors and so everybody else looked like me. So I had a pretty good sense of self. When I immigrated here, um, that stopped being the case. Most people didn't look like me. And so being able to see those folks in leadership roles as a kid growing up was really important. And I suspect that, you know, the same is true for our young people and even some of our adults now. Being able to see someone who is being authentically themselves, especially as a person of faith, It's something we don't often see. I mean, most of the images of black gay men are not necessarily always positive. And so, you know, having something that is a positive that says the church is and can be something different, to me, that becomes really important. That was Bishop-elect Dion Johnson of the Episcopal Diocese of Missouri speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson. Johnson's consecration is set for June 13th. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.